Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you're alone and wish that you could just bone, you know that you can go to Pound Town. If your head is reeling, just ignore all your feelings. You can always go to Pound Town. Romancing the podcast shows you rom-coms aren't so pretty, like a bunch of cheating assholes who all live in New York City. Rich people suck. You know, Mikey's a ghosting king, and Todd's into Ryan Reynolds. Page wants Kurt every week to go to Hound Town, even with a fiance. Pound Town, what would your best friend say? Pound Town, this podcast is waiting for you. Pound Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch Just Just Right. Right. So, Mikey, why'd you make us watch Just Right? Uh, Because I saw it way back in the day, and I thought it was really cute. And I think it is still really cute. And that's why I did it. I I like it. This is Queen Latifah's, like, superstar era of like when she did last holiday this movie came out right around the same time the same couple years this is 2010 she was hitting these rom-coms back then and they were like pretty fucking good and so like i thought just right was real good i mean um who stars is the main guy? Common, baby. Common. That's Common, right? Yeah. Common's gotten much better at acting, but back then he was fucking terrible. I did notice <laughs> that his acting is terrible this rewatch. She's basically dancing circles around him acting-wise this whole He's like, I like basketball. She's like, I want to love again. And he he just doesn't sell it because I honestly didn't hate his performance. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't hate it. It was fine for me. I don't think he is the best actor. I definitely think Queen Latifah's smoking the screen away. No, he's he is a good actor. With, that's what I noticed because he's in a lot of stuff now. Yeah. But then he seems much worse in this film than he is now. I wonder if it's because he's against Queen Latifah and she is just amazing. No, no, no. There's an there's a clear answer for this. Have you ever seen a basketball player in an interview? He's playing it perfectly. This dude is full <laughs> method. Uh, well, I mean, I feel like he's like, I got to look serious. But every time he looks serious, he looks like he's pooping. Like every time he looks at her, he's like, mm. I did not have the same experience. Common is a good actor. He's not a good actor in this film, but I still like the film a lot. And all he does is really lay around. So that's that's fine. <laughs> all he does is like hang out at his place and bang her more or less sister all movie. It's fine. I do have some thoughts about that. I remember her being awful and I thought that they remain non-friends at the end of the film. No, they're like friends. I wish they would have. When they're sitting together later, I was like, girl, I wouldn't even talk to her. (laughs) Like, what are we doing? No, 
That girl is awful. Well, cause one, she like telegrams that she telegraphs that she likes him when she meets him at the gas station. Oh yeah. yeah. And then girl goes on the attack. And he invites her, right? Yes. So like she is, I mean, I think it would be presumptuous to assume that he she is his date, but he certainly doesn't know this person she's bringing, right? Right. And she like shoehorns her way in on him so fast. Ooh. I thought he turned her down when she came back and there was a misunderstanding, not that they went on an actual date, but like I, I still thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Pretty low stakes. Not a lot of drama. Oh, no. You know, like, it was a good it was a good watch. I like this film. I loved it. I thought it was great. I love Queen Latifah for many reasons, but one of them is, like, at this time and, like, when she started doing rom-coms, because this is, like, one of the later ones. Yeah. She was, like, heavily in an era of, like, skinny white women ruled leads in rom-com movies. Yes. And she is... Not that and not trying to be that and aggressively just doing her thing. And I love it. And she's just a lot of fun to watch on screen. Like uh, last holiday that we did, I've loved everything that we've watched for this show that she's been in. And this is another one. She's great. She is amazing. I think for me, because I knew nothing about this movie going in. I hadn't seen it. And I was like, how have I not seen a Queen Latifah movie? But fine. (laughs) I hadn't seen it either, Paige. I had not. I think they do such a good job of getting to the emotional root of someone who has a great personality, is very, very friendly, and easily becomes people's friends, but is never thought of as more than a friend without blaming other people, without diminishing who she is. I really appreciated the way that this movie addresses that and also the way that like when they view her as a love interest, I love that the movie doesn't question it. It's like, of course he would love her. She's great. Even then to basically do this like, hey, you take care of people all the time. Let someone take care of you. And to show the dichotomy of she is her own independent person. She has her own job, her own career, her own thoughts, her own wants and needs. She has her own house. Like she's successful, man. Yeah, she's doing good. Yeah, she's successful. And the dichotomy between someone who wants to be taken care of versus someone who you can enjoy taking care of because they don't always need that. It is a, a difference, kind of a treat in their life. And they value it differently in some ways. And I thought that was an interesting thing. Not to like pit people against each other, get your bag, however. But like, yeah, I thought that was an interesting thing to display in the movie that most movies don't do. Overall, I loved it. And it's paced perfectly. It really is. It gets right into it. Perfect amount of sports for people who don't sport to still enjoy the movie. Oh, I loved all the cricket they played in this. That was cricket, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I know it was basketball, obviously, but like. Yeah, I don't care about sports, and I love the sports stuff. I was like, oh, damn, I bet that's a real NBA star right there trying to act who I've never heard of. She never, never gives her career up. I love that. It just keeps yes. going yeah. forward. He, he, I think he is more attracted to her skills as a, as a physical therapist and that her ambitions and stuff. Yes. I think that he likes that she is firmly a woman of, like, substance. Like, she is yeah. always learning, which she, it's displayed that she is a good physical therapist but also she's been doing it a while and still reading like new literature on it like she is like super into it like really loves learning new stuff and that's like a that's like a thing i'm into like i want that in the people in my life i also love like there's a little bit of complaining in the beginning of the movie where pam greer also love that pam greer is her mom in this movie (laughs) i know where people are like put on a damn dress but aside from that 
there is no comment on her body or her worth based on her beauty. Yeah. Everyone calls her beautiful, reinforces that she looks beautiful and that she's gorgeous, willing and and worthy of this love. The only person that really kind of ignores her worth is her friend who doesn't see her as a threat and who, who like just kind of dismisses her. And that's the villain. So like, yeah, I love the fact that the movie at no point is just like, well, she's fat. Why would nobody or like what she's whatever? Why would somebody like her? No, the movie plays it as she's absolutely worthy. She's absolutely gorgeous. And when people see that, they're gonna want it when they figure it out. When Common and her meet the first time at the gas station, they have like romantic chemistry there. Like they are flirting with each other. So like, yeah, I think you always buy that they were an option, right? Yes. They were an option. Common invited her, I think, for the purpose of getting to know her better, right? Sure. And seeing where that went. But like, I think he saw her at the gas station as someone he might want to date, is my point. I think so, too. It's played that way. And I think that her housemate, who I think is, like, tangentially in the family, like, cousin somewhere. I think it's her mom's goddaughter. It's something like, it's a weird familial-related connection. But they're not, like, blood. Right. Which I think they go out of their way to explain because Common has sex with both of them. Definitely sex with both of them, yes. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Because in movie logic, that can't be a thing. Yeah, yeah, but but my point is that she, like, swoops in at the party and, like, sort of steals Common away. And then, man, I was so mad. I was like, how could you do that to my queen? She's a good villain. She's a good villain. I mean, oof. Oof, magoof. I can't tell you, like, Paige now, very confident, outspoken, would not sweat a Paula Patton in the room. Sure. Back in the day... Sometimes when you have thin friends, not only do they make you feel like you are not an option in the room and no one would want you, but they actively remove you as an option in this way. Dude, the earring scene broke my heart for Queen Latifah. And I think that's what you're sort of getting at here, right? Like, it's like everyone in her life and in society just does not see her as a romantic option. And it's like, except for her dad. I mean, not, not the romantic option, but you know, yes. Yeah. No, he, he sees her as worthy of a romantic option. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And I love the way her dad loves her. Like, Shows up. Me too. He's so good. Just doing general house maintenance. <laughs> Not well, but that's okay. And being the most supportive dad I've ever seen. Like, yeah. I loved him so much. And I was like, I get why, like, she sees herself the way she sees herself. Right. Because her dad has been telling her all, all these, I think, obviously true things that she's amazing. Yeah. Her whole life. So she sees herself as amazing. Right. And that's awesome. I hate her friend. Oh, I hate her friend. too. I was thinking more the scene in which they're at the party. She's talking to Common and her friend pushes out of the way and interrupts specifically to hit on Common. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because her friend sees that interaction and doesn't see it as, oh, my friend might be interested in this person. Maybe that's a connection. She sees it as, oh, good, I have an in because she does not view Queen Latifah as romantically worthy. I bet she thought on her way over that Queen Latifah was like cornering him for her. Yeah. Yes. It's like that kind of delusional, which I think she is. Guys, at the beginning of this movie, she set up a vision board to attract an NBA husband. And I'm not saying. Wait. But she does do it. I mean, it does work. So, like, maybe she's on. I've had lasagna this year. (laughs) Paige has 
grabbed her vision board. I've already accomplished some of my vision board. Paige, can I ask how many Us Weekly cutouts of Henry Cavill are pasted on your vision board? Not a single one, but I do have one of Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, no Henry Cavill, but a giant lasagna and a plate of cookies. Both things that I've had this year. Got a manifest, baby. And womanifest. Well, unfortunately, Paige, so far in movies we've watched, only villains have made vision boards. So I don't know what that says about you. Well, Paige is clearly a villain. That's what I just learned. I mean, that's what, that's what I'm getting at here. The, the good guys did not make a vision board called Save the Day. You know what I'm saying? There's a reason they call it good Guys, Mikey, no, am I right? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't. Is it clear that Paige is checking a text right now and Mikey and I are just vamping? Sorry, my husband is asking me how to make bread pudding. I'm gonna make some bread pudding and I'm gonna pull it out of the oven. It's, It's occurring to me, I don't know how you make bread pudding. And it's probably not in the oven. It is in the oven. Okay. And I trust, I trust Jake. Fucking, I eat bread pudding every time. When I go to a casino, I eat bread pudding. That seems like a weird... I don't know enough about casinos or bread pudding, I guess. Because that seems like a weird thing. So anyway, Paige is a villain for making a vision board because the heroes don't ever make vision boards. Right? No, you know what? My vision board says to do what I love and to learn new things, love myself, and find the beauty in imperfection. So like, you know... You know who else's vision board said that? Hitler. What? <laughs> Why did you have to go there? <laughs> you didn't even say Paula Patton, who was the villain of this movie. You went to the villain of the 40s. You didn't even go like, hey, that lady that used to be married to Robin Thicke, a.k.a. Paula Patton. No, you went full Hitler. <laughs> you can't go half. Why don't you try making a vision board, Mikey, and see if it turns you into more of a villain than you already are. <laughs> guy who doesn't give people quesadillas. Uh, what? Whatever. That's all I need to say. Whatever. Maybe you should manifest better comebacks. You should womanfest better comebacks. I'm not in the season for making good comebacks right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too mentally tired today. I just wanted this, which is why I'm glad I picked this film, because this film feels like like a nice warm blanket. Don't think too hard. Just watch the movie. Mikey, you know that I had a terrible day yesterday, but. This is the movie I needed. Like, I really loved this movie. Like, I sobbed a lot towards the end. It's going to be a boring episode because (laughs) the movie's... It's, like, just sweet. It is going to be a lot of, like... Man, isn't Queen Latifah amazing? She is, though. At least last holiday, she thought she was dying. There's not a lot of good, weird, bonkers stuff in this film. It's just a good movie, man. Like, I really liked it. We're going to have, like, a lot of problems here. There's, like, no one who acts weird. It's just... I've got some stuff in my notes. It's rated PG to tell you how boring it is to podcast on. It's very sweet when you when you want to watch something very sweet. Speaking of PG, it has my favorite PG rom-com trope which is sheets tall enough to cover over a woman's breasts, but low enough to display a man's waistline. How? Physically, it's two sheets is how they do it. But like, it's a way, a thing that they only do for movies. It's gotta be two sheets, yeah. They're wrapped up like a burrito in their own sheets. Yeah. How do you sleep at night? With one eye open. <laughs> Why, Mikey? What What are you doing? Oh, no, he just has a condition. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. People threaten to kill me quite often with, like, work stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, like, holy shit, from? I forgot that that's, like, an actual reality in Mikey's life. 
Okay. Well, I don't doubt that. That just came out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, you've never been Mikey Randolph high roaded page. It happens to me <laughs> fucking all the time. <laughs> but maybe we should get into the episode so we can go through it scene by scene. We open on Queen Latifah making a very delicious looking breakfast sandwich and action during the credits, which we know Todd loves. So already Todd's given this movie a good score. I did text you guys 15 minutes in and tell you I already loved it. So, yeah. No notes. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I also periodically checked for time as far as story structure, and I was like, nailing it. Yeah, they know what they're doing. This movie is nailing it. It's cooking. I don't know if this movie made money, but it should have. We'll talk about that. It should have. It's, it's very good. Yeah. So uh, she says goodbye to her dad, who's helping around the house, or arriving at her house to work on it, and she just says, like, hey, anything you don't know how to fix, please let a handyman do it. She gets into a busted car that will actually have a very very sweet history later in the movie that i really like it's like a classic mustang so even if it's a little run down it's still a nice car a hundred it's still nice that like don't get me wrong when we see at the end it looks great yeah because she wanted to be a player but her wheels weren't fly she had to hit him up for a pimped out ride you got to pimp my ride that's a criticism everybody's like what a jalopy but like everybody knows it's like a 1970 mustang like and it's like yeah, it's her granddad's mustang that he bought like what yeah yeah that's a classic car. Yeah, it's worth like 80 grand rusted out. So like... Not quite, because I watch every season of Rust to Riches and all of its various iterations, including the one where they go to buy cars in Mexico and drive them back into the country to fix them. You said that like they were smuggling them. No, they're paying for them, but it's like a whole thing. Anyway, apparently the car market in Juarez is popping, but those cars on their own without anything done to them are like... Twenty-six to thirty thousand dollars. Jesus. Yes, but I just had a brilliant idea for a business. I think you all should come into business with me. Okay, Mikey, we're already in business with you. It's a Looney Tunes themed smuggling people into the border, and I would be like a wild e coyote. No, I'm out of business with you. I no. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Hang on. Alternate pitch, but similar. We go to a border town and open a bar called Wiley Coyote Ugly. I'm out of business with both of you. (laughs) (laughs) We're sneaking across the border like, do you have water? And I'll take out this like cartoonish big water bottle that says Acme. Jug that just says XXX on it. No, it says Acme or whatever. (laughs) Like a ladder that says Acme. Like, it's just like a really weird joke that no one would get, but like, it's a whole theme of the whole experience. I like that you're like, it's a joke no one would get, but we're still gonna do it. We're still digging (laughs) down here. Yeah. You have to go all in. Because, like, you know one person would be like, this is really funny. One person. We can't do a whole (laughs) business for one person. Can I just tell you, though, if you guys haven't had a chance to watch the Rust to Riches one that they do in Mexico, but the guy who makes all the deals has, like, flesh-colored hair, and that's a weird look. So he's bald? No. (laughs) His hair is actually clear, Mikey. (laughs) Clear hair. It's clear. It's just, like, the same weird toned shade as his skin you're welcome. Anyway, yeah, so it's, it's a busted-looking car that is actually a classic American muscle car. Yeah, okay. I mean, and it's, it looks great. Like, yeah. at the end of this movie, when he went through all that trouble to, like, fix the car and keep the dimple, I, lo- I was crying this whole time. I think Exhibit went to all the trouble to fix the car and I, keep okay. the dimple. I did write an 
to exhibit joke in my notes too because like you kind of gotta yeah 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 we heard you liked dance on your door so we gave you dance on dance on dance so you took a hammer to my car oh my god <laughs> you just Hell destroyed yeah. every panel of my car we put video screens on the back of the seats i don't have a back seat so your trunk can be a, play- like a movie theater player. You said you wanted dimples. We gave you pimples. Sorry. <laughs> Some of the things they put in cars on that show were wild. I actually never saw the show. Todd! <laughs> Did they like move a bus to reveal the car though? Or was it like a sedan? Like what was it? Todd. Oh my God. I need, first of all, I'm pretty sure Pimp My Ride started my addiction to weird car shows like this. But I used to watch both the American and British version of Pimp My Ride. You're welcome. There's a British version? Yes, hosted by a- Exhibit Gov! Oh, sorry. No, a (laughs) British (laughs) white rapper named Westwood. (laughs) And he's just like, yeah, we put money on your ride, motherfucker. But it's because it's Britain, it's pounds. So it's like little pictures of the queen. Anyway, so- That's amazing. The concept of Pimp My Ride is that your friends nominate you. Where they're like- Your car is so busted and awful. You need to go on Pimp My Ride. An exhibit shows up and like rifles through your car. And then you come out and you're like, what is going on? And he's like, man, your friends nominated you. Your ride is awful or whatever. And they pull like crazy shit out of people's cars. And some of these cars are just like dirty or whatever. And then they take that car and redo your paint, body work. They put... A, a weird amount of TVs in it or turn it into a hot tub. Like whatever you tell them in your initial interview, they're going to do to the max. Like SNL just did a sketch with Jacob Alordi about this. That's on YouTube. It's perfectly encapsulates pick, <laughs> pimp my ride where they like learn one thing about you. And then they make the whole car about that thing. Yeah. It's like a child's room in extreme home makeover. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're like, you love frogs, right? Yes. You fucking love those frogs, don't you, Angela? Like, they're like, Jesus, calm down. We painted your car frog green and gave it flippers so it could, like, go through the water. Yeah. We got lily pad rugs. Yes. Like, Jesus. Like, she's a multifaceted child, okay? She does a lot. <laughs> but then they also were like, we put a giant subwoofer and eight TVs in this car. Just like a TV. TV on every flat surface then and then just bling the cars out like crazy and then they the person shows up and they're like oh my god but what they never showed they never showed is that and you can find it on the internet a few months after people were on the show almost every single one of those cars got stolen or broken into because it just stands out so much where people are like, Oh, it's the pimp my ride car. Let's steal all the TVs (laughs) out. Yo, I know that's got 25 TVs in there. It's got a bunch of TVs in there and it's literally like 21 minutes, like just a little half hour show of your like shitty car to weird bonkers, ostentatious car. And it's the best way to turn your brain off. It's my Nick Lachey. You know, the way that Mikey is obsessed with both survival shows and dating shows that make us really question if humanity is worth it. Welcome to my life. For me, it's car shows like that. Nice. You're welcome.
Keep it in or don't. I don't care. <laughs> but you should. I feel like you might like Pimp My Ride. It's it's the best way to turn your brain off. You're just like, yeah. I think I would. I honestly, I didn't avoid it. It just it was something that I didn't watch because I didn't have cable. You were a loser. I know. I know. It was appointment TV for a while. Did you not watch Taildaters or Next or anything? I watched Next with my friend some because it was on when we were in high school and I would go to his house and we would like, it would just be on like on Saturday at fucking three. They would show four hours of it. High school and college. Yeah. All of those shows were on in the background if we were just like doing homework or whatever in our apartment or whatever. Yeah. Before the world was ruined with the TikToks. I actually watched an hour long YouTube of these guys restoring a Pimp My Ride car. <laughs> to the Pimp My Ride status or just to a working car? Uh, to the Pimp My Ride status. One time, mm -hmm. the car was so fucked up, they just bought the guy a new car. Well, it was two cars welded together, and they're like, this is not safe to drive. We had to buy you a car. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I yes, remember yes, that yes. episode yeah. off the top of my head. <laughs> Because I wasn't watching, like, Pirates of Penzance or whatever. All right, but Pirates of Penzance slaps. I was literally thinking today uh, no, about no, how no, the no. song Modern no. Major General is so funny as a comedic premise. I would have bullied you so much. <laughs> like, I, it's, it's hard for me to talk about in a public forum, but, like, and I'm anti-bullying. <laughs> except for this. I don't know. <laughs> I get like that doesn't bother me at all. Like I get it. It's so funny. Oh my god. Like I just I just I picture Todd coming to my like lunch table when I'm like in eighth grade and he's like I we, me and my friends be talking about like Final Fantasy eight or nine or whatever and he'd be like nerd. You no, know, well hold on and we would be like doing it on the down low because then we people you know because we were secret dork. <laughs> I was like that's what I was into at that time. But then but then Todd would come and be like I just saw this great new musical and it's Pirates of the Princess. Did you hear this song? I'd be like let's get him. <laughs> you would fit perfectly in one of those giant trash games that schools have and like that's still would. You're welcome. Me too. I'm travel size. <laughs> let's get back into it. C2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get a brief shot of her at work, like a medical center. She works as a physical therapist, and she's talking to one of her coworkers about being on a blind date. Now, I do actually love, because we don't get a ton with her coworkers, but the few pieces and scenes we get of them, they very quickly in the scene establish who they are so we don't have questions, and it's not weird. You're like, oh, coworkers, cool, got it. Don't need to know anymore. We're moving on. She shows up to her date. She valets her car. I love when the valet tries to open her car and then it, he finally gets it to open as she's like throwing her shoulder into it yeah. and it knocks him to the ground. Like dude falls in the street yep. and she's just like, thank you. Park it. <laughs> Bye. She's so, I love her so much. She's so fun. When she comes back out after and she's like, he knows what car it is. Yeah, he knows what car is mine. <laughs> he knows what car is mine. Amazing. Uh, but so we basically go through this date with her, and I feel like this date goes incredibly well. For the, except for the last two minutes? Yeah, it's amazing. If I was on this date, I would think that this was like, all right, cool. Like, this is going great. And then at the end of the date, he's kind of like, eh, it's not a connection. Now, I will say, I think she takes this pretty well. You know, she doesn't get weird about it. I think she takes it great. Yeah, it's still really sad, though. Yeah, but it's also one of those things where it's like, ah, it happens. Like, you know, not every date's a love connection. Well, I think that's what makes it the most sad for me. Right. Is that she takes it so fucking well. It's happened so much to her. And you see yes. these types of things 
happen to her so much in this movie. Like yes. the earrings is another sort of example of this where people don't really see her. They count her out. Yes, exactly. I don't know, man. I was kind of surprised because like, if I'm on a date where I'm like not into her, I ain't going for more wine. I ain't going for yes, more dessert. Same. I, ain't, I ain't doing all that. Oh, no. Yeah. You're like, let's grab coffee. <laughs> right. And go. Well, I mean, dinner, but you'd be like, well, eight o'clock. Gotta go. Yep. I guess I better be hitting the old dusted trail. Pirates of Penzance is causing my name or whatever. <laughs> oh, now you want to sing with cat-like tread just to get you out of a dating jam. Uh, Todd, I'm trying to look the most unattractive I can be at the end of a date where I don't want her <laughs> interested to me. So I'm definitely going to mention that. <laughs> In my experience, I feel like sometimes in my dating experiences, not all men, this is just what I've experienced. There were times when I think men were intimidated by that kind of a connection that was deeper than just, oh, you're pretty and pretty is kind of your whole thing, which is what Paula Patton very much is, is kind of trying to be like. She doesn't have a job. She doesn't do much. She's like, I'm pretty. I'm here to be pretty, <laughs> which she is. Good job. Gorgeous. Yeah. But there were multiple times where like I would go on a date with a guy or I'd be friends with a guy and it would very much seem like, hey, we're awesome together. Wouldn't this be awesome? And then they never wanted to go any further than that. But then I'd find out later they're like, oh, I had a huge crush on you or whatever, whatever. And it's like, I feel like maybe sometimes just like a lot of our romantic narratives in the media have romanticized sometimes toxic versions of relationships. I think that goes all different ways. Like everyone takes different toxic things from that. And I think sometimes maybe men don't engage as much with these types of relationships initially because they're taught that that's not what they should want even though it might be good for them and again this is just my personal experience i was also told multiple times that i was intimidating because i like did my own shit and had my own job but you know Paige, let me let you in a little code intimidating means you're funnier than me that is accurate and i don't like it and i'm threatened by Ac it that's what that accurate. means yeah and it was accurate every time uh and they did you a favor by showing the a hundred yeah I, I think in this movie it shows that he was into her like yeah they have good chemistry at dinner they're having a good time yeah and it does seem like he was fine to have her on the side sexually i think he would have had sex with her yes yes and i think it i am not an authority i think what i'm an authority i think what they're saying is she is sick of people willing to like have sex with her but not date her like publicly date her yes and she wants someone who will like actually want a relationship which to me is like a hundred percent bar like queen latifah can get so much more well that's because most guys date and it's not i'm gonna move forward because i'm gonna marry her it's that's one of the options but it, it, it but there's no like yes or no it's yes i want to have a relationship no i don't want to be involved at all or like a midway like hey i don't want a relationship but like we could have sex for a while if you want and that's that's really what a modern dating has turned into for a bit where it's like, I don't want to commit to anything or like any of that. But like, but Mikey, it is deeper than that because it happens to certain women more than others. Yeah, because there there are certain women that men have this conception of. I don't want to be seen dating them, even if I do really like them. It's the whole, um, and this is like the shittiest way to say this page. So apologies up sure, front. Sure, no, for but sure. But it's the whole moped thing. 
Yes. Fun to ride, but you don't want to see, you don't want your friends to see you riding it. Yes. It's that bullshit. It's like that sort of shittiness. I am a woman that people tried that with a lot of I'm times sure, to, yeah. to try and put me in that category. You really do have to stand up and call bullshit on it and not take that. But because it happens and people treat you so shitty in the dating world, a lot of it has to be you knowing your own worth and demanding to be treated well, which is what Queen Latifah does in this movie every single time it comes up. And that's why I fucking loved it. Me too. But it's a real shitty way to treat people. It is terrible. But it's a lot of like, oh, I don't want my guys to see that I'm dating a fat chick. Well, it's like, well, do you want your guys to know that you're not getting any? Because that's what's going to happen now. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. You fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, she says it. Yeah. Super nicely, though. Like Queen Latifah handles this in a very classy way. Sure. Which I love. Like, she's just so like, I respect that. But like, I'm not into the whole on the side thing. I want to be someone's hell yes. She doesn't say that, but something like that. Well, she says later, I don't want to be option B. And I'm like, yeah. yes, bitch. Pack the suitcase and walk. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll be taking my quesadilla and leaving. There you go. I'll make my own quesadilla. I got tortillas and cheese in my own damn fridge. That's what's up. That's what I've been trying to tell you. I'm a feminist. No. <laughs> we come home to find out her mom is Pam Greer. What's up? Uh, and she is going to the game with her friend slash god sister, cousin, some sort of thing. Morgan roommate though like Morgan lives with her right at, in Queen Latifah's house right I feel like that's an, an important element because of what she does to officially her landlord yeah, her landlord um but this is the scene where we see her with her like her vision board and essentially she goes into great detail to say like I'm not interested in having a job I'm not interested in doing anything for myself or building a thing for myself like the thing I'm going to air quotes build for myself is to marry a rich person so that I can air quotes be somebody. It's specifically a basketball player, but that's for branding. Like right. there is a certain sort of brand image she's trying to cultivate right. so that she can turn herself into one, like a celebrity sort of that makes money off influencer. of like a fashion line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an influencer, right? Right. Like she has it all mapped out. And I do sort of love that this movie does show that if you work hard towards something, you will get it. And I do feel like she sort of ends up getting what she wants too, in a way at the end of this movie. Cause she's still like in fucking magazines and like, yeah, in, in a way. Yeah. I think she's a villain. I'm not saying that. Oh no. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it also illustrates something really important that a lot of people don't understand because I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I want to be an influencer or I want to be whatever. And <laughs> the question I always ask them is, why you? Because it's like, what have, what have you done to, to make people want to yeah. look at you in this way? Like, what about you is interesting, special or different? And a lot of times they don't have an answer because it's not just enough to be like, well, I'm going to have a perfume or whatever. It's like, are you super into perfume? Have you learned about perfume? Have you, is this a passion that you have had? Because there are people who are like, I have a passion for fashion. I do these things. I am positioning myself this way. I'm wearing these things. I'm doing all this work. And then maybe I do marry someone rich and I become a fashion mogul. Great. Good for you. I got no beefs with you. The beef I have is with the person who's like, I shouldn't have to do anything to be interesting. <laughs> And I'm like, that's not how it works. I mean, there are people that have made their money off that by being pretty or whatever, but it is transitory. It's not 
a permanent state. Like if you want to actually build some sort of empire, you got to have something about you or cultivate something to make that happen. If you lead with your sexuality, you're going to have to go all in at some point or you're going to fall away. I do think that this, and when this time came out, like what people thought of like the Kardashians and like sure. Paris Hilton and stuff is that they're just like influencers. They work like an hour a day tops or whatever. But like those people work crazy. Like they are yes. working all the time. All the time. It's a job to do it on that level, to be that successful. I, like here's the thing. I don't always agree with Kim Kardashian or what she does or how she lives her Same. life. But I could never yeah. say that woman doesn't work hard. Yeah. Like she's almost done with her law degree. Like homegirl owns like five businesses. It's hard enough to be Paige Wesley. I can't even imagine being Kim Kardashian. <laughs> like right? I don't even necessarily want to. But then there's there are people out there. And I, I feel like I meet a lot of them just because of where I live that are just like, I'm the next big thing because I want to be the next big thing, but not because I'm the next big thing because I have a passion, a vision or whatever of things. But that's who Paula Patton's character is billed as is like her passion is to marry a rich person. Yeah. <laughs> and hey. There are a lot of people out there, just like Millionaire Matchmaker says, there's a lot of those people looking for other people and match them up, get your bag, do whatever. But like match them up, get your bag. It's a little two dimensional <laughs> is all I'm going to say. Like that's going to be a different relationship than what Queen Latifah is after 100 percent. Yeah, I don't think that the type of NBA player that Paula Patton ends up with probably in this movie or in this universe that this movie takes place in is not the same kind of guy in general that the NBA star that she ends up with at the end of this movie is, you know, like, well, I went to school in Mississippi and there was a lot of people looking for their MRS degree. Yes. And, yep. sure. and like, you know, that's a path. It is. It is a life you can choose. It's not the life I would choose, but it is one you can choose. And there are people who will choose you right back. Find the person who chooses you. Yeah. Great. That's what I would say for Queen Latifah too. find the person who chooses you because you are awesome and worth it. Neither one of those people is more worthy than the other. They are just two very different types on very different paths. Yeah. Anyway, they're going to go to the game and she gets dressed. Paula Patton wears a full bodycon dress, which looks amazing on her. Like she looks beautiful the whole time. Yeah. She is in this movie to make Queen Latifah look worse. And Queen Latifah always looks amazing, you know? Yeah. So like she has to look amazing and on point in every scene. Well, and Queen Latifah's wearing like a jersey and jeans because she's going to a basketball game and that's what you would wear to a basketball game. Like that, of course. And she is there because she loves basketball. Right. <laughs> Paula Patton is not there because she loves basketball. Right. She's there because she's trying to get her MRS degree, right? Right. right. Her Miss NBA degree. And Queen Latifah's like, talking trash she's having a great time it made me want to go to a basketball game with queen latifah because basketball is one of two sports that i enjoy watching live and i would be so down <laughs> that would be a blast i can't think of any activity that i would say no to with queen latifah like i, I would go bowling with queen latifah i'd go fishing with queen latifah i'd yes. i'd ride in a nascar around a nascar track with queen latifah like all of that shit sounds great because it's with queen latifah yeah what are the what are the live sports you guys watch for me it's hockey and basketball and then i'll maybe put up with baseball if they have good snacks i'll go to any sport live yeah because it's fun and it's an event especially my friends are going you know yeah that's fair that's fair. i'm not there to see the game i'm there to hang out at the venue with my friends i feel like hockey and basketball i actually like watching the game 
Like I will actually watch the game. I like watching hockey, man. Hockey's fun to watch live for sure. Hockey's real fun. Yeah. Preds games are fun. Yeah. The sounds games, the amateur baseball, but that is because the stadium is really fun. And then, uh, you know, I think a Titans game would be fun. I still haven't gone. I need to do that. Yeah. I usually also like soccer. So I, I watch, I'll watch anything live if there's friends and stuff. So yeah. Nashville soccer club, baby. I love that shit. I can't with soccer. Man, soccer bores the shit out of me. I grew up playing it, so I love it. But I understand why it would bore the shit out of you, Paige. You're not wrong. Because here's the thing. It's like slower hockey. And part of the reason hockey is so cool is because it's fast and on foot knives and there's fights in the middle of it. That's why hockey's the fucking best. Yeah, if someone punches someone in hockey, they don't like fall down like they, i don't know like the yeah. the falling and like performative injuries in soccer really bother me well in, in hockey one time i watched a guy break his hand on another dude's face and then he just got a five minute penalty and then he went back and played the rest of the game like yeah. hockey's fucking they had to like scrape the blood off the ice hockey's fucking brutal in the best way his hand is broken just duct taped into a fist yeah. so <laughs> they just duct taped stick. the stick onto yeah, it yeah. exactly yeah yeah jonathan chichu uh and <laughs> anyway but like basketball i feel like is similar to soccer in that it's easy to follow who has the ball and who's playing but it's fast like hockey and yeah. that's why i i could watch basketball yeah and i can hang but anyway she's rooting for this one player the nets have this like main guy he's their franchise player he's only played with them and he's amazing and he's about to be a free agent some would say he's uncommon <laughs> Mikey may or may not have written that joke. I could tell in his delivery. Boom. I loved uh, it. But he is more or less Michael Jordan if he played for the Nets, right? Like that's the yeah, that's like status he is. He is the best on the team. And he is like a dynasty player for the Nets. Started playing there. Yep. Has been there his whole career. That's why I mean Michael Jordan, the Bulls, right? Yeah, yeah, It's sort yeah. of like that relationship. Although he is at the last year of his contract and they have not renewed it, right? Right. Not yet. They're about to go into negotiations. Right. But it is sort of like a Jerry Maguire-ish type setup as far as his professional sport is concerned. Like yeah. he's coming at the end of his contract and they're trying to renegotiate it. Now... As they're leaving, two other girls come up to Paula Patton, clearly also in this same, like, we're trying to date one of the players vibe. And they're like, he's having a birthday party. We're going to try and go. We're going to go to this after party to try and get an invite to that party. Meanwhile, Queen Latifah goes home and she stops for gas. And who stops next to her? But Scott McKnight, common in his fancy car that he doesn't know which side of the car the gas tank is on. And... That allows her to kind of strike up a conversation. She clearly knows who he is, knows about basketball, but keeps it cool. And they have like a conversation about Joni Mitchell and jazz, like a cute little meet cute. And he just- It's a great meet cute. Yeah. Yeah. He just invites her to the party. It seems natural. He invites her to the party that weekend. Is this where we get the story about the door though? Because- Not yet. He tries to open her door. Okay. Oh, he tries to open it and, and he does eventually get open, but she doesn't tell him why. Okay. Until much later. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, Queen Latifah comes home and she's like- oh, Paula Patton, do you have plans Saturday night? And she's like, no, we couldn't get into the party. And she's like, oh, boom, because I got into the party. Uh, Motherfucker, like what? Yeah, he invited me himself. Yes. And she sort of like relays the story to Paula Patton, which doesn't bother Paula at all. And I don't understand why like 
She has to go after the guy that invited Queen Latifah. There's bound to be other NBA players there. Like I know. What are you doing? It's because she's a villain. I know, I know. She she's is a villain, a though. Villain. She's a villain because she helps Queen Latifah get ready in this moment. Yeah. Knowing that she's going to this fancy party and that she has already connected with him. And Pam Greer does give the diamond earrings to Paula Patton, which I think she felt like, oh, Queen Latifah wouldn't want these, but it's like, ask her anyway. You know, like, oh, you can see that it hurts Queen Latifah's feelings. It hurts her deeply. It is painful. That is her mother giving her grandmother's earrings to not her sister. Like, it would be bad if it was just her younger sister. Right. It is a goddaughter. Well, and I mean, I, I think there's also this perception of like Queen Latifah has a lot of interests And some of them are not what we would stereotype in a movie as feminine, right? Sure. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything. Like, she also is a woman. She gets dressed up. She looks nice. Like, all of these things are also true about her. She contains multitudes. But because she is not always femme forward, she doesn't always present that way. Even when she's wearing a basketball jersey, to me... She looks pretty feminine and like I, I and I know what you're talking about in the classic movie way, but like there's plenty of girls. She's not like tomboy is is what I'm saying. No, and that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is like sometimes as a woman who is a little more assertive, a little more outspoken, has outside interests, people will count you out of femininity regardless of whether you want that or not. And I feel like that really happens to her in this scene. Of they just assume she doesn't want to be part of it. No one asked. And it's like at no point was she like, I hate earrings or I hate whatever. She just doesn't wear a dress all the time. That doesn't mean she never wants to wear one, you know, like. But she rocks a dress at least twice in this movie. Like it's not that she, as a plot point, doesn't wear dresses. She dresses up for fancy parties. Right, exactly. Yeah, like I I was so hurt for her in this moment. I was like, fuck. I mean, but I I also loved what I thought they were setting up, and I will admit that I was wrong because what I thought they were setting up was different. But I still I really loved the setup of the movie, and I honestly I really did love how it played out too. It's just not what I expected at this point. Yeah, well, and I I think for me it's like you hurt for her in that moment, and especially because we've already established that she is the girl that always gets relegated to a side, you know. Yeah, and. and As someone who's been that person, sometimes you feel guilty and you're like, if I presented more feminine in the way that other people expect, would this change for me? And this is a question I think she comes up against in this movie. I think she does. I I do think that you were a good example of no. Yeah. Because you married like a super hot dude and like you're doing fine. I'm doing okay. So whatever. But like, I mean, I I do think the movie does a great job of showing her as someone who is surrounded by like things that society is saying that she should want. Right. Right. And people that are around her have better access to that. I think one of the reasons that's set in Jersey is because that's so close to New York city and she can like look over at it from where she actually lives. Like, I think they do a, a great job of showing where she is in this movie. And I think they do a great job of showing that common doesn't care and still finds her attractive and is still into it. Yeah. And I, I sort of love that she finds that person. I, I don't know. I love this movie. I mean, like, oof, Magoof, does it hurt to see him with Paula Patton and to just immediately offload Queen Latifah? But like, because that's what happens. They go to this party. She is talking to him. They have struck up a conversation. They're having a good time. And Paula Patton, Morgan, 
butts in and is like, oh, and makes up a lie about a charity because she's actively lying to him to try and get him interested. Paige, she not only isolates it so like she butts in, right? Yeah, she comes between them. She makes Queen Latifah leave the party with her. Yes. Because she doesn't want Queen Latifah talking to him anymore either. She just like does this whole... Almost like a, a neg. Like it's, it's, it is like negging. She's playing games. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like she was like reading Tucker Max books or something because she comes over and she's like, hey, I have to go. The volunteer that was supposed to work at the homeless shelter tonight called out and I've got to step in and help out. Negging was always the weirdest shit to me. That was one of those things that thankfully I don't think really worked on me ever where I was just like, fuck you then. <laughs> I, I, I didn't neg. I was just like. I pick on people too much anyway, so like I don't know if that's negging. No, but it is how you have ended up single. <laughs> yeah. Like those are some really thick glasses. What's it like down the street? Can you tell me from here? <laughs> and they're like, I don't want to see you again. I have questions about the surface of the moon. Can you help me out? <laughs> yes. Could we build a fire with a flashlight because it focuses the light? Yeah. Yeah, like let's burn some ants, girl. And they're like. Ew, get away. Anyway, but Paula Patton, like, makes her get out of there, so they leave, but only after Common is, like, trying to get her number, and she's like, I don't date NBA players. I've been there, done that. It's not a good yeah, thing. Yeah. And so having set a boundary <laughs> with Common, he, of course, is going to have to, like, try and see if he can work around that boundary because guys is dumb. Right. Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. <laughs> I need to tell you <laughs> something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's... We're going to table that. But <laughs> on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh, my God, guys. This actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meal. All of the the pod. Heck, yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh-made meals. Never frozen. It takes two minutes to warm up. Just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I <laughs> have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I. And it was like $48 when it could have been way less with factor. Yeah, and I, I struggle with proportions. And factor comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used factor meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with factor, except for right now, because <laughs> factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancing the pod 50 and use code romancing the pod 50 to get 50% off. That's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, Factor Meals. <laughs> <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Anyway, we cut to the next day. 
where Queen Latifah's talking to her dad. And this was very, very, their relationship is so sweet. It is. Because he's like, how did it go last night? And he's like, it went great until he saw Morgan. And then it was like, I wasn't there, which is, oh, brutal. It is. Been there. But her dad is so sweet. I love him in this. I do, because he's like, if he doesn't understand how great you are, you're worthy of being noticed the same, if not more, as Morgan is. Like, so hold out for that. But he shows up at the house and they have to wake Morgan up and she spends all this time getting ready because she is unwilling to be vulnerable with anyone. Right. If you notice that she is right. two dimensional with everybody in the movie. Well, and then Queen Latifah is the opposite. Right. She is very honest with how she's feeling. Very and, authentic. You know, very yep. open, very mm-hmm. genuine, very authentic. Yeah, it's great. And so she and Common have another one of these like moments where it shows that they have a lot in common and things to talk about and they have an easygoing relationship with them. That's something this movie does really well is finds these small moments throughout the movie to kind of reinforce the relationship between them. It's something that Hallmark movies are terrible at. And this movie is great at Yeah, is finding a way for them to truly connect and spend time together as opposed to just like, I'm connecting with your kid or I'm saying that we're connecting even though we aren't like this movie has that genuine connection vibe to it. And I really like how it's Paula Patton's fault. Yeah, because she spent too long getting ready and then accidentally, you know, messes it up for herself. Well, no, I mean, even later when she's trying to get rid of the uh, blonde physical therapist, the the trainer. Yeah, Yeah, whatever her name was. I can't remember. But yeah, I have it in my notes somewhere. But. Anyway, this is where she gets to talk to him about being a physical therapist and she's done it for a long time, but she has books because she's always learning, which is great. Yeah. But of course, Morgan comes downstairs and he asks her to dinner. And I love that this movie tells us right away that this is not the relationship we should really be focusing on because they montage their whole relationship. And I was like, yes, movie. That's right. It jumps three months here in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yep. But like. They're getting engaged in three months. Like, yes, they're in like a whirlwind romance situation and they're not making the best decisions. And on the flip side, you know, like she dicked her over. But like your friend dating a famous person and getting some perks from that is not the worst thing. But we also find out that she's not really getting those perks. She hasn't seen her in almost three months until this next party that we come to. Because Morgan, as soon as she was done using that connection... Queen Latifah's out. Yeah. She she doesn't even spend time with her. She's already off in her whole new life. Yeah. She is her vision board. But we show up to his house at a party because he's going to represent the East in the All-Star game. Uh, and they get engaged at this party. And his mom, Felicia Rashad, is not convinced that Paula Patton is the one for him. Yeah. Which I love that he says to her, he's like, she's different. She's really different. And his mom goes, is she, though? And I was like, <laughs> she knows. That's she how moms knows. be. That's how moms be. That is how moms be. And, but he is just like, can you just be happy for me, please? Like, And she's like, sure. But I do love that later when she gets to spend time with Queen Latifah's character, she's like, you are different. Like, yeah, she is all on board. She says, "Ooh, I like her like four times. Like, yeah. And it's because Queen Latifah will like good naturedly. They don't really like fight, but like they'll like play fight with each other. Like, and she doesn't take his shit. Exactly. But also like with the mom too, she'll like, yeah, you know, she'll hold her own, which, you know, is super great. And I think Felicia Rashad's character respects the hell out of that. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, So we cut to them playing that all-star game. He falls. He injures himself. I looked at the time, 33 minutes exactly. And I was like, somebody went to screenwriting school. (laughs) This is 
perfectly paced. Yeah. Like A plus end of act one. So we find out that he has torn one of the ligaments in his knee. It's going to be a really hard road to recovery if yeah. he wants to get back in time for playoffs. And so they assign him the best personal trainer in the NBA, Bella Goldsmith. And Morgan is immediately jealous of her because she is very thin and stereotypically beautiful. So she gets her ousted somehow. We don't dwell on it. We don't find out too much about it. But she asks Queen Latifah to come in instead and be the live-in physical therapist. Uh, and even Queen Latifah is like, oh, Bella, she's really respected in the field. Like, she's really good at what she does. And she's like, I don't want to hear it. You come do this, live in, and work to try and get his knee up to playing shape. Yeah. I thought it was awesome that she that she was like the instrument of her own sort of demise here because she didn't want Goldsmith around her man. I thought that was great. She still would have left him. Yes, because she still leaves him. Because what happens is like she's not interested in him if he is not shining, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, of course, because she is not marrying somebody She's launching herself as a brand, Paige. Yep. And she needs a spotlight for that. Like, I think her motivations are really gross. Yeah. But I understand how she gets to where she is, you know? Like, right. I think if you're like this terrible narcissist sociopath, you would make those decisions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I, I think that's why the movie goes out of its way to have Queen Latifah say, even if you can't play basketball anymore, it's just a thing that you do. It's not who you are. It's not who you are. Yeah, I love that line. Yeah. Because it's establishing that she has the complete opposite motivations of like, I'm not just with you when you shine. I'm with you when you're down too. Yeah. Like that's the flip side. So Queen Latifah shows up. And what I do love is that it appears that Common is playing himself on 2K, which I think is pretty fun. So funny. Like, if you were in a video game, how often would you play yourself? Like, all the time? I love creating a character to make it look just like me. That scratches the narcissism itch that I have for video games. My Starfield character looked and acted like me. My Starfield character also looked and acted like you as well, Mikey. Ah, nice. <laughs> Jake, whenever he gets to create characters, will always create them almost as like so different from himself as he can, which I find really interesting. I don't know. Like people do different things with their creative characters, but I always walk in and he's just like, yeah, I'm this tiny like elf lady. And you're like, OK, <laughs> like whatever you want to be playing. Are they first person or third person games? Uh, both. Yeah, because you can okay. create a character in both. I always create it to look like me. And then with the thought of like, I'm going to make choices like it's me, not like what would be the video game and like see how it goes. And like sometimes that goes really well in a game where I'm like, oh, man, nailing it. I'm helping people. And then sometimes it's like you try to help somebody. Like I remember Dragon Age Inquisition or whatever. I tried to do that and people were like jumping off cliffs. And I was like trying to. <laughs> And like he didn't give me a quesadilla. No, I like failed to talk somebody down in a video game. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Mikey, <laughs> what are you doing that in a video game for anyway? Like, why do your day job in a video game? Todd, we know that Mikey only plays games that include real world tasks because he wants his life to be as vanilla and boring as possible. <laughs> no, I freed I freed these orcs and they were like. Why did you free us? We cannot live like this. And they were like, gonna jump off the cliff. And it was like, choose how to get them not to jump off the cliff. And I was like, it was like lemmings going off the cliff. And I was like, oh my God. I, I mean, that 
is correct de-escalation. I just, you know, you can't win them all. I get. I, I had, I had a crisis of faith. In the, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I won't talk about it. <laughs> what game was this? Starfield. My wife got murdered. Like, I think I'm just cursed being making choices as me. I think you're bad at video games. Maybe story choices. I don't know, but yeah. Anyway. She takes a leave of absence. Queen Latifah does. Yeah. She becomes the live-in physical therapist. And as soon as she's there, Morgan is basically gone. She's always out shopping because she's happy to spend his money, uh, even though she's not going to be there to actually support him in the moment at all. I mean, for the rest of the time, Paula Patton and Common are a couple in this movie. She is rarely in a scene with him. She's often shopping, and then she has one meal with, like, the agent and Queen Latifah. Right. And then there's that scene where she's working out in the background. Like, yeah, that's it. Like she is there for his credit card and that's it more or less. Well, and once she can foist the emotional labor onto Queen Latifah, she does. Oh yeah. Because she doesn't want to do any of the actual relationship work for this relationship. She just wants the perks. Yeah. Anyway. So while Queen Latifah is working for him, Morgan's gone. She leaves him a letter and the ring. Just like, I can't do this anymore. And Felicia Rashad is fucking pissed, obviously. And Queen Latifah's like, I'm not leaving. Like, this is fucked up and I'm going to go confront her about it. But I'm going to be back because we have to get him ready for playoffs. Like, I'm not quitting. Yeah. And I also do love that, like, the thing that she's not quitting is both her actual career. It's not just him. And they make a point to show that she can be successful outside of him with that career. I do love that. I love that they paint her as competent. If she pulled off what she pulls off in this movie, like the the doctor said, you might be able to play by training camp for next season. Right. So that's like, I don't know, four, six months away. That, that's a while away. And she gets him like NBA player ready in eight weeks or something like two months. Something like right? two months. Yeah. So she cuts that time in like, a half or thirds like she would have job offers from everybody at the end of this movie like she does yeah and i do think if common stayed with paula Patton, she would be wildly successful because of how good she actually is at her job and because circumstance gave her this platform to showcase that right yeah anyway so she comes home and confronts morgan which i love because she's like he's a person with feelings and you threw this away and this yeah. is really messed up and this is fucked up. And she and Morgan is basically like, well, I can't be with a has been player like I want to be with like it. And she's like, he is a person. You are being incredibly cruel. And Morgan is just like, well, we can't all be a saint like you. And she just goes, you have problems. Then she comes back and she's like, nope, we're going to actually get this guy ready for playoffs. She throws ice on him, which looks fake. I thought it was fake, too. I don't know if you took a good look at that, Ike. It looks yeah. like fake ice. And I was like, but that might have hurt worse. I don't know. I th it looks sort of plasticky to me. And it sounds plastic when it hits, too. I, I Yeah, it does. I did like this scene, though, because we have seen sort of like a montage of sorts of him sulking after this breakup, which, like, I get. Right. He was engaged to this woman. These are just like Saturdays for me. <laughs> you watch Jellyfish? And I have to go over there and throw ice on him to get him out of bed. Like, it's a lot. But I do love that, like, she's like, okay, we're not going to sulk anymore. And I don't think she's attacking this, like, it's now time for you to date me. I think she's like, we got to get you ready for the playoffs. It's time to work, right? Yeah, 100. So, like, I don't care if you're sad. We got to do the physical training stuff, right? So she's in there to, like, shake him out of his sadness a little bit so he can at least do the physical training stuff and 
as she throws the last thing of ice on him and he's like, okay, okay, I'll go. They have like this little moment where she's standing there and he's like laying there and he's like, well, I have to get dressed. I don't know. I thought that was so funny when he was like, give me a second. I got to put clothes on. Well, she's, she's about to throw another yeah, thing yeah, of ice. Yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. I've still got ice to go. But they go to the old city court that he used to play on. Yeah. So he meets a bunch of kids that look up to him. And then we get another perfectly timed montage of him working through all of the physical therapy. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's like progressing to where she's like yes. just stretching him and like deep tissue massaging his stuff. And then like running him through drills that you would probably do on an NF or on an NBA level. Right. I don't know, yeah. but it looks like it. Right. And then eventually like to the point where he can like play like pickup game level basketball. He's not NBA ready yet, but he's like, he can scrimmage with the boys, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And this is where she has him like running through the park and he's like, you're really good at this. You should make this a career and take a pro. And she's like, yeah, maybe I should because she's confident and wonderful. She's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, being around hot, sweaty guys all that time ain't that bad. And this is the first piece we get of him being like, oh, wait a second. I have feelings for her a little because he's like, well, hey, that ain't cool. Where it's almost like, wait. But only if it's me, right? You know, like... I do think they do a good job of telegraphing that. Because he doesn't say it, but I saw it. Yeah. Oh, he does say it. He says, that ain't cool. Yeah. Anytime he looks like he's pooping, he's contemplating. Yeah. His love. He's contem-pooping. So he does jog and he goes... Ugh. Okay, every time Common is clearly contemplating in this movie, I want someone to, like, edit in just a... No. <laughs> anyway. She drives him home, and this is where she explains the dimple on the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the scene. I love this so much. She's stretching him out. He's doing, like, sit-ups or whatever, and he's giving her shit about the car. Because they kind of, they, they banter back and forth. They, you know. Yeah. And she tells the story of that car was left to her by her grandfather, who put the dent there on accident. Yeah. But he also had a dimple. On his left cheek. Right. Yeah, on the same side as the car. And so she kept it because it reminded her of him which I really do think is very incredibly sweet. Um, and we get kind of another montage of them having these moments of just like learning more about each other, talking about things that are outside of just basketball or whatever. Yeah. Playing cards, getting to know each other. They're getting to know each other on a personality level. Yeah. Instead of like on a professional level. I really like that the movie concocts such a fun way for them to like spend a lot of time together. Yes. Because I can buy, they fell in love pretty quickly because of the insane amount of time they were they were living together, you know, like. Right. Well, and he then asks her, he's like, I haven't seen you on a date since you've been here and you're great. You're funny. You're smart and you're beautiful. Why are you single? And she says, I haven't found what I'm looking for. I haven't found the person I can't live without. Yeah. Which I wanted them to bring back the very last scene and be like, I can't live without you. And for that to be the thing. But they choose to go a different way and it still works. I like the way they do it, but that would have been sweet too, Paige. Yeah. 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 She gets sick. She gets like a cold. And he then takes care of her while she's sick. And they watch Romancing the Stone and cuddle on the couch. It's very, very sweet. Uh-huh. They watch Romancing the Stone. I love seeing Romancing the Stone in this movie. I was like, oh, that's where we got our name. Yay. I love it. He goes. He tries out. He is able to play in the playoff game. Uh, and the night before, she shows up with cookies with marshmallows in, in between. Oh, that sounded really good. Well, because he is not asleep. Yeah. Th I think that this scene does a good job of telegraphing to me that she no is no longer just his physical therapist. Like, she is, like, yes. a partner on some level. I may not be romantic yet, but she is, like, she is so invested in him 
that like she knows he's awake struggling with not being able to sleep because he's so nervous about the next night. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Well, and she embraces his jazz. She sings with him. Okay. Yes, Mikey. All right. I have a question about the ethics of physical therapy and if it's, if this is ethical to sleep with your client that you're currently living with who's paying you for a service. Here's what I will say. They don't sleep together until after the game. True. But she is a licensed, right? She's a licensed physical therapist. I don't think that her job ended at the game, though. So, like, I understand what you're saying, Mikey, but I'll allow it because I liked it in the movie. But I definitely understand what you're saying. And, yes, if one of them didn't consent, it would be a weird sexual harassment situation, right? No, I mean, like, you're not allowed to sleep with your clients in a lot of situations, doctors, therapists, nurses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it like that for physical therapists? Because I would say... I don't know. I don't know, yeah. I spent too much time when I dated that physical therapist asking too many questions about the pelvic physical therapy. That's still the most interesting thing I have ever heard admitted on a date. That is still the most wild story I've ever cut out of a podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) I tell people about that all the time. I was like, yeah, I heard this one girl had to go to physical therapy school and she had to bleep this out, Natalie. (laughs) Still the best joke ever where I was like, man, I think you more girls than I have. (laughs) (laughs) Bleep, bleep the f- parts out, I guess. Yeah, just bleep it, though. Keep everything else. Keep everything else in. Use your discretion. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so, but she also, like, joins in on, on his music, which is something that's not basketball-related. It's not a commodified hobby. Yeah, they both like jazz. They both like yeah. jazz. It's just something that they're enjoying and doing together. And they have this moment where, like, it looks like they're about to kiss, and they don't. They go to bed. The playoffs happen. But damn, is that a moment, though? Like, I felt that moment. Yes. They both wanted it. I mean, I I get why it didn't happen. It is weird. Like, he was just engaged to someone close in the family, right? Like, Right. And, of course, the work dynamic, too. But, like, man, they had chemistry in that moment. A hundred. Uh, so the playoffs happen, and he's playing kind of safe. It, like, And it's not even, like, a full half. They just wait till like, a timeout, basically. And she comes over and is just like, you can do this. I believe in you. We worked hard. Do it. And he comes back and wins that game. And after they have a long hug and he's like, I'm going to take you to dinner. You deserve a bonus. We're going to do something nice. Okay, cool. I love that Felicia Rashad was there at the game. I love that, like, you know, his mom was there supporting him. He hugs her right before he goes on for the press conference. He also sees an ESPN reporter who's like, hey, we should have you on the show to talk about whatever. And his agent friend is trying to, like, hook that up. Which will come up later, yeah, because he ends up on that show. Yeah, so that's all happening right there, too. But, like, he really holds on to her. And I think he's hugging her for, obviously, the work that she did. Sure. But also that pep talk to be like, hey, I can see you're struggling out there because you're not trusting yourself. Yeah. Trust yourself. You got this. Like, it was the best pep talk ever. So, like, I think he's coming to her, like, thanking her for, like, saving his career in this moment, you know? Yes. And I, I've, yeah. this, that scene right there sort of made me, like, well up a little bit because I was like, oh, yeah. I get it, man. He had a lot riding on tonight and she was instrumental in making it happen, both, like, in the prep work and night of. I loved it. Yes. Well, and, and I also love what she says after when he's like, I'm going to take you to a nice dinner. She's like, oh, bring the wallet because I'm not a salad eating. Holy shit, Todd almost died. Oh, my God. <laughs> I almost <laughs> fell out of the chair, guys. Oh, wow. That was really fun to watch. Could you do that again? I think I, think <laughs> I broke my chair. Hang on. Oh, no. 
no, oh no. You pulled a Mikey, but with a chair instead of a mic stand. Yeah. I leaned back in a weird way so much, it like permanently bent. Oh, <laughs> damn. That's no good. Do you have podcast insurance? <laughs> podcast <laughs> insurance. You probably can't see it. But it's, it's, you probably can't see it, but it's definitely leaning back. Hey, no, we see the lean back. Shit. We see it. Okay. Sorry. All right, I'm back. Okay. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Yeah. We are almost done, but still, okay. Yeah, and we're only, in, we're 90 minutes in, so we, we uh, yeah. Right on track. I, I do like that she's like, I'm not a salad eating chick. Like, I'm going to eat. I'm going to have at least 40 oysters like that one lady who was maligned on the internet. There was a lady who ate 40 oysters on a date and a guy ghosted her on the date, like left her with the bill. And I'm like, bruh. 40 oysters, 40 oysters is a lot is of a fucking lot of oysters. oysters for one person to eat. I'll just say that would be a lot to expect me to pay for on a first date. I'm not even, I mean, that's just a weird choice in general. I think they were going to split anyways. Like there was a whole bunch of whatever, but I'm also like, Look, if you invite me out for pizza and I eat some fucking pizza, like, this is what's going to happen. Paige, I respect a pizza choice, but if I sit there with a woman on a first date and she's like, I'm going to have four dozen oysters, I'm going to be like, this is a sea monster in human form. Time to go. <laughs> and I would fucking leave. That's a weird-ass choice. Maybe she fucking loves oysters. Yeah, she does. 40? I don't want to buy into that. It's not my favorite food, but, like, I... If somebody was like, Paige, did you eat 60 chicken nuggets? I'd be like, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. On a first date, Paige, 60 chicken nuggets <laughs> is four oysters it costs, first <laughs> off. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And I don't even know why we started talking about it. I side with oyster lady. <laughs> you side with oyster lady? I do. I side with guy who's like, I got to get out of here. This is obviously a monster who's come to kill me. <laughs> She's an alien who has to fuel herself with oysters. She orders a dozen. I'd be like, oh, that's really cute. And then I'd have a couple. And I'd be like, oh, she's like, I'll take another dozen. And I'd be like, oh, we've ordered two dozen oysters. I mean, like, that's a lot of oysters. Maybe she loves oysters. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm full now. I love oysters. If you eat more than I, I can eat a dozen. That's it. Quadrupling my normal order of oysters is an insane concept to me. <laughs> I I would have been like I have I I would have ditched her I would have ditched her. I wouldn't have ditched her but I'd have been like hey we're splitting this right no I would think either she's hunting for a pearl she or ate forty eight oysters bro and she said they were really really good yeah she is pearl hunting I am not gonna be a small investor in your pearl hunt ma'am forty eight oysters is bananas. Like, does, and like, I have so many questions. Like, did she have to eat 48? Did she put them on crackers? Did she eat 48 crackers? How much oyster sauce? I have a follow-up question. Is she a seal? No. Like, what is she doing? She just really, 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 really likes oysters. So she apparently was going to the oyster bar anyway because she loves oysters and they have the best oysters in Atlanta. It is Fontaine's Oyster Bar. I know Fontaine's. Yeah, okay. This makes sense, actually, all of a sudden. That's going to be double expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My mom lived in Roswell for like 10 years. I know Fontaine's. Okay. Yeah, so apparently this dude had been trying to get her to go on a date for weeks and she hadn't answered. And she was like, okay, fine. I have time. I was going there anyway. And oysters are only 15 bucks a dozen on Tuesdays. So she ordered four dozen that's as well as potatoes and, and crab cakes. Right. That's a good price. And she says that her date excused himself before the bill came and never returned. And she was like, whatever. And just paid for her own oysters. But she did post a TikTok that was like, he invited her out for drinks. And then he texted her and was like, well, I didn't expect you to also order food. And she's like, I, whatever, I'll pay for the food. I don't care. But then the fact that she posted on TikTok, people were just like, 
how dare you order this much or whatever. But also like 15 bucks a dozen for oysters is not bad. That's like only a little bit more than a dollar per oyster. No, because fucking cocktails are $15 each here. If she's paying for her food, she can order as much of shit as she wants. I don't give a shit. That's my thing. I went on a date Saturday and there were $15 a cocktail. So how'd that go? Great. It went great. Nice. It went good. It's fine. We'll see what happens. Yeah. She also covered the entire tip. So he left her with the bill for his drinks and stuff as well. Yeah, that's a real dick move. Yeah. That's a real dick move. At least pay for your own stuff. And if she's buying, she can have whatever she wants. Yeah. I mean, although saying that, Natalie loves oysters. And if we went somewhere and she was like, can I get four dozen? I'd probably be like, yeah, sure. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna reverse this and say, what if I what would you two do if I said I took a girl on a date? And then I ate four dozen wings. I would say, yeah, that makes sense. That's not that weird of an amount of wings. She left She left me there. Oh, yeah, that I'd be like, oh, that's a weird reason to ghost. 48 <laughs> wings. I'd be like, I'm going to order 48 hot wings. I'd be like, that's a lot of, a lot of wings just because like volume wise. But all, I wouldn't leave the date. I, I would probably be like, I'm going to pay for my food. You pay for yours. Probably, but I'll, I'm not going to ghost you. I, I just think people get weirded out when you go into the high numbers on an early date. You know, like, sure. I'll, ha- I'll be like, I'll have the 10 wings. Then. I'll pull a Todd. Are you going to take five wings home, Mikey? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had a side salad earlier. I'm sorry. This filled me up. <laughs> a bunch of people are like, he could have at least told you he was going. I'll go get oysters with you. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I support 40 oyster lady, 48 oyster lady. Yeah. And the bar said she was nice, paid the bill tipped as well like great yeah i mean it sounds like she was going anyway like yeah it yeah she was just like i'm gonna go get oysters why not if this guy also wants to go get oysters sure and then he was not ready to oyster at her oyster level i think he used oyster correctly in every instance in that sentence so i'm gonna let it slide thank you i don't even remember when we started talking about oysters oh because she was gonna she's not a salad eating chick that's right she gonna put away a ton of hot wings and oysters because (laughs) it's delicious and that's when i think that's the last time felicia rashad's like oh i like her now I want fucking wing stop. Oh, damn you, wing stop. Also hungry as well. Well, we're almost done. Taco Bell be calling my name. They go to a jazz club. They have a really good time. Can I just say this really quick? I love that Queen Latifah knows that we don't know who that fucking trumpet player is. And it was somebody famous. So she like name drops it as a line of VO. And I was like, Thank you, Queen Latifah, for telling me that you hired a legit like jazz trumpetist for this movie. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, Terrence Blanchard. The band, the, the jazz band does slap. Yeah. Like the drummer there is actually playing. Like I bet they captured that sound live in the scene. Yes. Because he's like, that's exactly what it would sound like uh, if you're watching his hands. Like it's perfect. Yeah. They return from dinner and he reveals that he has had her car pimped exhibit did it they we heard you liked dents in your doors so we put extra dents in your doors dog but she does say when she's explaining the dent in the previous scene that she's like wanted to fix up the car but like every place she takes it is like you have to get rid of the dent right so he finds a way to like really make her car stunning and keep the dent but the door now is like it's the suicide doors one of those yeah like Penguin doors. Suicide doors just open out. It's where the front and back door open as one. Uh, That's what a suicide door is because mobsters could hang on it and then shoot out of it. And you would often fall off and or die. So that's why they're called suicide doors. The penguin door is what hers is, which is where it opens a little bit and then slides up. 
Like uh, like one of the Teslas. And yet you've never seen Pimp My Ride? Like the DeLorean. No, but I've seen Back to the Future. Well, the DeLorean has the like wing ones that go just up from the center. Yeah, that's true. This one more like slides up on like a hinge. I don't know. I don't know cars. Watch the movie. You'll see. Anyway, it looks great. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. It's, it's a very sweet gesture too. Yes. Like to me, that's not something you get. It's a very personal gift. Yes. Like that's so personal. It's not something you would get your personal trainer. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Take that personal trainer to dinner, give maybe a monetary bonus. And that's it. This is like an extremely thoughtful, expensive gift. I take my personal trainer to dinner. Oh yeah. Uh, I would buy 48 hot wings. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're on the sidewalk and he grabs her and kisses her. It's very hot. They go back to the house they bang it out all night long. We cut to the next morning. He has left her breakfast in bed with a note. Yeah. And then I looked at the time on the movie and I was like, oh, no, there's still 24 minutes left for shit to get fucked up. Yeah. And who should show up that morning? But Morgan. Morgan. Who's like, I got, I just got to talk to him. Because, of course, the second he wins the playoffs, Morgan's back. Well, he doesn't win the playoffs. He wins that one game. He, he, okay, yeah. So he wins, like, the Eastern Conference Championship, right? Game seven, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And then they're going to, like, so they're going to be in, like, I don't know, the World Series of Baseball, right? And the other, like, West Coast, I think, is going to play. And then that's going to determine who's the other side, right? Yeah, yeah, I think that's so. That's how it works. So there is still, like, one championship game. Sure. I only point that out to say like this movie doesn't end with his career blowing up no it ends with hers right and i really like that yes anyway sorry but yes i mean it, it, it is implied that he renegotiates and stays with the nets yes but that's sort of like as an offhanded thing like we really see her career blowing up at the end of this and i love that yeah but morgan shows up and she's just like oh i didn't know what to do i'm all sad because my family or whatever and Queen Latifah walks away because she absolutely should and yeah. good for her. And she's packing and Common's like, where are you going? And she's just like, why don't you tell me why I'm leaving after what I just saw? Now, he does not kiss Morgan. He tells her that she needs to go and he needs to think about it. But the fact that he then comes in as Queen Latifah's packing, she's like, why am I leaving? And he's like, I didn't want to hurt you. You're a very special friend. And I was like, girl, leave. Yeah. Leave. He is too dumb. He has no sense that he shouldn't actively fight to keep you this is ridiculous yeah and i super sobbed because she like goes and sits in her car her brand new beautiful car and i sobbed so did i man because there's no way that car is ever gonna feel the way it used to because it used to remind her of her granddad and then she it's all associated with this like new remodel that this guy yep. she just slept with and is now going back to your god sister yep. his ex-fiance like it's so heartbreaking when she like starts to cry i was like sobbing along with her it was oh, so sad brutal well and so she like goes home and her dad tries to give her like a pep talk because he's the best he's so great uh, but she's anger painting and she's going to have streaks, but it's okay. Yeah. She goes to work and she's talking with her coworkers and is like, hey, good to see you guys. Glad to be back. But I think my next thing is I want to train for the NBA. Regardless of what he does, she's like, I want to do that. Yeah. We cut to he's on a date at a Japanese restaurant with Morgan and she's just like, we should get married right away. Because again, she's trying to secure that bag. She like went to the venue yes. to find a date that was open. It was like September in September which I guess would be in like six months from now. But like, if we don't lock in that date, it could be two years. Right. And Common's like, you're right. It is too soon to start talking about this. Like, 
you left me at my lowest and then came back when I was arguably at like the highest, right? Because the narrative like stories that have been built around my comeback, right? Right. So like, it's very clear your motive here. And do I let myself trust you again? Like I understood why he was slowly, gingerly stepping into this. Right. But she is like trying to lock it down again, you know? Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Queen Latifah is building up her business because she's awesome. Yeah. And we find out that she has offers from the Phoenix Suns and the Sixers and the Nets. And his agent tells him that like, hey, not only did your contract close, I've also taken on Leslie as a client because she's got a lot of offers. And he's like, oh, she's going to work with the Nets. And he's like, no, she turned that deal down. She's going to go choose what's best for her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, so she's in Philadelphia talking to the Sixers. Oh, he doesn't tell her she's in Philly, though. Right. He knows that she's talking to the Sixers, but he, right. he doesn't know that she's there. Right. But Pam Greer, her mom is like you're running from that guy because you you like your dream job is with the nets you love the nets you love your house you love everything you're running from him and all of that has totally been established she is not wrong right but i mean she is running away like doesn't pam greer even said you fell in love with him didn't you like she like yes. sort of calls her on it you know she does uh, but then queen latifah's response is like the girl who's supposed to get a guy like that got him which is such a good line for like what has happened in this movie it's brutal i think for what this movie is trying to say it's like perfect it's very well done Uh, but we cut to him on a talk show and they're like you know what do you credit as your success for getting back and he's like it's her yeah she's the only reason that i did this and they show Paula Patton like watching this and almost like she has a revelation. I'm like, no, she is. This character is a sociopath. She would not care. Yeah. This moment <laughs> felt very out of place for me, too. I mean, I, listen, I'm glad she does it. I love that she does it. And I love that they are shown to be friends again at the end of this movie. But it felt very out of character for what we've seen of Paula Patton's character. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, and and we did get some shots of her like closing the door on him playing piano and like they, she does not have the same connection with him. And the fact that he didn't immediately realize that earlier, I think is a little bit of movie drama where I feel like in real life, he would have been like, Morgan, get the fuck out. You're awful. Yes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I would hope. Although I have experienced else like uh, different, but sure. You know, but she tells him she's in Philly because I think she found out from her mom or whatever. So he shows up after she tours the facility and he's like, I'm in love with you. And I love that her response isn't just I love you, too. It's fuck you. I don't want to be plan B. Yeah. And I'm like, right. Yes air out yeah do it i think that that's fair like she's been plan b sort of twice in this movie with common yeah i'm not even talking about the first date yes with common he treated her very common (laughs) but he's like i would leave the nets for you like i would throw this away for your career if that's what you want yeah which is i think for her is like a i don't want you to do that but also b like that's huge oh I think that that is her realizing that she's not plan B. He realizes that she is what he wants. and She's what he can't live without, which is what I wish they would have said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would have been a really great bookend. Yeah, it is very much implied. And I do think it's important that him and Paula Patton could have worked out. 
he could have gone that route. She didn't end things with him. Right. Like he realized it during the interview and then went to her. Right. Yes. So I think it's important that we see that it's his choice and she's not the second choice. Right. But she didn't see that. So I understood why she was like, fuck you. I'm not plan B. Sure. Um, but I do feel like as a viewer in the scene, we're like, man, you're not his plan B. Uh, she's no, he's that's still kind of plan B. I'm on the fence because if she was not plan B, Morgan would have never gotten a second chance. I agree with that. That I was frustrated by. I do like he's like, you should be mad at me. I really much fucked up. Yeah. And he does. And I think that like when he does say we can move to Philadelphia, like I could play this for the 76ers or whatever. And she's like, well, I don't want us to both be working at teams. We don't want to be working at because we can't be in New Jersey anymore. So she's like, she calls and accepts that job with the New Jersey Nets. Anyway, we cut to the next season. And the fact that she's sitting with Morgan and having fun is bonkers to me. But then she very quickly moves to the sidelines because she's the coach she or she's the, the trainer. She's like yeah. involved with all of it. And she's got that rock. Yeah. I mean, they're married at this point. So like. But I also love that she like it pictures her sitting with the other wives, but still in her jersey and sweatpants or whatever. Because that's who she is. She did not change who she was to get the person who valued her. Well, so, okay. What I love about this scene is it is sort of shot like it's the first time they go to the basketball game, right? Right. Except now they're in the wives section or whatever. And she's not just a wife. She's a fucking trainer on the team. So she like, yep. all right, guys, got to go back to work. Like, good yep, to see bye. you for the quick little break we had here. I'm going to go run back down. So like. Her place isn't even there where she left her friend. It's on the fucking court yeah. doing her job. I love that. I thought that, that was so cool. I did too. And even though they lose by nine, they, they lose by six points or whatever. And he's like, but I'm the only one that gets you. My vision for them in the future is that eventually he has another career ending injury or rather his contract runs out in five years and he retires. And then she continues to coach and train for like the Olympics or some shit. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Just Right? I loved it. I actually really, really loved this movie. <laughs> I loved it too. It's really sweet. I I, I really like this movie. I, yeah. I cried through like the last 10 minutes of this movie. I cried a few times in between, but man, I really liked it. I always think Queen Latifah is great, but I actually just like really love the way it was written as well. So like it was just, it was a great movie. I enjoyed it. But Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? Yes, tell us the fun facts. Unfortunately, very few. Well, hit us with those fun facts. Those very few, few fun, fun facts. facts. Most of the fun facts for this movie revolve around people who were cut out of this movie. <gasps> Ooh, tell us. So let's start with what I think is is the, the, <laughs> the wildest one. Uh, so the original principal photography shoot of this movie featured cameos by Lawrence Frank, who was the head coach of the Nets at the time. However, he he starts the 2009-2010 NBA season 0-16. Like, the Nets had such a horrendous yeah. season. He was fired by the Nets. What? So the Yes, yeah, so the filmmakers had Nets assistant coach Jim Sand play the head coach, and they largely cut him out of the film. Uh, but during some scenes, he is still visible. Wow. Yeah. Wild. Okay. But he's not the only one. See, back when this movie was shooting, 
Kanye West and his then girlfriend, Amber Rose, who is better off without him. You do you, girl, shot a courtside scene at one of the games what? where they because you see there's a shot of John Legend. There is. Yeah. Courtside. There was one of those for Amber and Kanye. Uh, but before the movie was released, Kanye had that moment where he interrupted Taylor Swift at the Grammys. Oh, yeah. And so they cut them out of this movie. <laughs> I heard the first time they did that take of him interrupting Taylor Swift, what his ad lib was, was that Common is the best basketball player of all time. <laughs> time. I'm going to let him finish. But <laughs> And this week, I don't know if you guys read the news, but Kanye got wild metal teeth like that one villain in, in James Bond. So Jaws. That villain's name is Jaws. Yeah, that's Jaws, right. His name is Jaws. Wasn't <laughs> sure if other people knew. And anyway. <laughs> but Queen Latifah and Common would actually work together a number of times after this, including the NBC live musical The Wiz live in 2015. Nice. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you well, thank for those fun facts page let's talk a little bit about box office so what do you think the production budget was for just right in 2010 when it premiered 12 million okay 15 million i don't think you can get closer than page because it was 12 million dollars yeah exactly page right so if you adjust for inflation that would be like 16.7 million dollars today now this movie premiered on May 14th, 2010. It was number four in the box office the week it came out. It was beat by the number one movie, Iron Man 2. Number two was Robin Hood. Number three was Letters to Juliet. Number four was Just Right. And number five was How to Train Your Dragon. But what do you think Just Right brought in in its opening weekend? Six million. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? Uh, five. All right, you guys, I'm happy to report are a little bit low. This movie actually brought in $8.2 million nice. in its opening weekend. Yeah, and honestly, it was in the top five for its first two weeks. Good for them. It's pretty dang cool, yeah. It then fell to seventh in its third week, and then it was out of the top ten pretty quickly after that. But it was in the theaters for a total of 12 weeks. So what do you think it brought in in the box office in 2010? $23 million. Okay. 27 page is closer it was 21.8 million worldwide still good that's great and if you adjust that for inflation that'd be like 30.5 million dollars today now this is actually during that time when movies would be sold in like dvd and like maybe even vhs this late i don't know right but this made another 12.8 million dollars in that home market so like your dvd and blu-ray sales so like it made its budget back in just the home market nice so like it made the 21.8 that it was in the theaters so it did fine it did great i think i mean it made money for sure yeah there's a reason they let queen latifah just be making movies uh, and thank goodness they do yeah <laughs> because everyone is a delight i mean true but that is your box office so, Mikey, do you want to hit us with that romance scale? Yeah. Romance scale is getting a one to four of how romantic we found the film today. Paige. I am frustrated because I want him to pick her and not be back with Morgan in that one scene. But I know that the movie needs to do it because it's a movie. But I'm going to give it out of four a three. Yes. Okay. See, now we're getting real numbers here. Dog. Can I give it like a point something? No. Fuck. All right. I'm going to give it a three then. Because it's like a 2.53 for me. Like, it's 
like a it's like a three minus right it's like they have chemistry but they don't be having sex like it's a pg movie more or less they do in Whoa. that one scene i mean you know yeah 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 but there's no like sex scene that's the lion roar scale this is just chemistry right yeah i'm also going to give it a three because i think it's a sweet movie and that's our romance scale all right so this week mikey you made us watch just right I think it's my turn next week, correct? It is your turn. It is. Heck yeah. Mikey, I already told you what I'm going to pick, but I doubt you remember. So this will be a shock to both of you when I pick, I think, Arsenio Hall's best movie, Coming to America, for yes! next week. So that is your homework. I'm excited to watch about that. Coming to America, <laughs> and then report back for that episode. So Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Oh, definitely not. Well, while you're looking one up, let me read one of our Spotify comments from our PS I Love You episode that just dropped a few days ago. This one is from Pistachio Panda 4 and they said, This podcast has me rolling. The whole talk about having your deceased spouse's sex doll is explored pretty well in Black Mirror's Season 2, Episode 1, Be Right Back. Haley Atwell and Domino Gleason. Ooh, go down on her. Ooh, excuse me. Hang on. Um, I did not read that one clearly, but Pistachio Panda, I will definitely check out that Black Mirror episode. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. And whose review are you going to read this week, Mikey? D he W V S D. Well, what does D W V S have to say? Fun time. Title of the review. Nice. I love you all, but oh. I stay for Mikey's laugh. Five stars. <laughs> Fair. You know what? I get it. And I approve that review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review or me read your comment, leave us a five-star review or a comment on Spotify and we will read them. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab, and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at rampage wesley everywhere including tiktok except for twitter where she is at page wesley mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome everywhere and guys we got a p.o box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a p.o box it's actually not a p.o box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 6688 nolensville road number 108-34 brentwood tennessee 37027 so send us some stuff yeah and that's gonna be it for us you guys i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm todd and you complete us to completion what's your pickup line gonna be i want to eat your oyster 48 times <laughs> bye that's way too many oysters, nerds.